it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back, and I look out my window, and it is super sunny. It is feeling nice. It doesn't feel like February 15th. But that's probably a good thing because college baseball starts back up. K-State baseball starts back up today as you guys are listening to this out in Arizona. And I figured, why not bug the single busiest man in the world of college athletics? I was doing a little bit of estimation. I think he's involved, whether it's pregame with football or calling games on radio or television. I think he's involved in close to 100 games a year with K-State. He is one of the best humans in the world, and I don't know how he keeps his composure doing anything, but I imagine when a bad baseball umpire call calls something outside when it was right down the middle, he'd probably want to lose it, but he's a professional, unlike myself. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Smoller, the voice of the Batcats, K-State volleyball, soccer, women's basketball, He's done men's games. It, it, you're, you're just the do everything man, Brian. And I, I'm so thankful that you seemingly take, you know, an hour out of your week. Uh, it's getting close to almost once a week to talk with us here on the show. So thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Um, you know, you got to put this knowledge to use somehow, right? I do all this prep for K-State stuff. I feel like you got to spout off somewhere beyond broadcast and put it somewhere. So I appreciate the uh, the um, the kind words and the opportunity. Well, I, I appreciate you. Uh, today, tis the season for K-State baseball. Of course, we probably could do three and a half hours talking about uh, K-State women's basketball and even volleyball. They're starting their offseason season. Uh, you know, work same with soccer, but but we're going to talk baseball here. 
Um, at the end of last season, Pete Hughes and Gene Taylor made a lot of noise being critical of the NCAA selection committee. You and I talked about it. Um, they have two real big superstars and some other guys returning uh, with some big-time talent. D1Baseball.com has the Batcats in their preseason top 25. That's a lot of ingredients, a lot of noise that could, uh, you know, lose the focus of a team coming into the season, especially one that's starved for so much success. So I want to ask, what's the mindset of this team is, uh, I believe, as you and I are talking, either in the air, getting ready to be in the air to Arizona to start the season off? They're pretty focused. You know, I haven't been around them as much, obviously, but being with women's basketball, but um, the little that I've been able to watch them in practice or, or talk with the coaches and and some of the guys, um, they're pretty um, they're pretty locked in. You know, I, I um, I'm trying to think back to teams that have been like this before and have a little bit of a bounce about them. But, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, baseball, it's hard. It's not as an emotional sport. There's just so many games and you can play with emotion for a little bit and maybe for a weekend, but it's hard to sustain it for. 50 plus games over three months um so you know we'll see I, i'm excited for them to get going i think they they've used it as a motivator during the off season you had a bunch of guys that had a bunch of opportunities at various levels both professional baseball or their own lives um, separate of baseball or to go to a different school that could have selected those opportunities but all talked about how they were mindful of coming back and leaving a mark here and feeling like they had unfinished business. And that's pretty exciting stuff. And when you're that motivated, um, you're curious to see how it's all going to play out. I think it's a good opening test this weekend to kind of see where they're at. Um, you know, and, and now the, the next part comes, right? So what happens when the season hits adversity or, you know, when you, when you don't have success or when you do have success, how do you handle it? Um, all those things will be answered here over the next few weeks. I'm excited to see them get going. So, so with kind of the noise last year, and again, the, the talent on this team, again, this is more my uh, phrasing than yours, but, but it seems like, Hey, it's get back to the postseason or bust type of year. Again, that, that's big talk in, in February and saying, or bust, what does that even mean? I, no one knows what that means. It's just something that blowhards like myself say, uh, but it does seem like, hey, you know, that that's the goal and anything less would, would probably make these guys feel like they, they came up short on what they should be able to accomplish. Yeah, I, I get that same impression now. I, I You know, it's it's tough to put that on them right from the get go. Right. And, and, and say that. But no, I think that's a I think that's a legitimate thing. I, I think, um, listen, this team, K-State as a school has not had the greatest history when it comes to college baseball, but they did have a, a window there from 2009 to 2013 where they were in a regional every year and they went to the Supers in, in 2013 and probably should have been in the College World Series if, had things just gone a different way. So, um, you know, they're trying to get back to that level and, and, and for the first time since then really show that they are a force on the national scene. Now, what is encouraging is when you go to practice – there are so many major league scouts that have been at practice this fall and then again in the spring. And, you know, you sit and you talk with them. There's a couple of them that, that I know that, um, you know, some of them, one or two of them have played here at K state before and you start talking with them and they're usually not ones that will blow a lot of smoke at you because they're trying to do a job um, and, and, and evaluate people. And they're, and they're also echoing the same comments and they're saying, no, 
K-State's legit. K-State's got a a lot of talent. Pete Hughes and his staff have done a great job of coaching him up. And then on top of that, it's it's what Culpepper and neighbors have mentioned themselves, which is it's not only identifying talent, but then pouring into them as men and as as their skill definition and uh, skill improvement and all that sort of stuff. They're coaching them up. That part has been great to see the development side. And now they're at a pace at a place where depth wise, I think that's what gets most people excited. They can absorb um, somebody un- underperforming or uh, have an injury, whereas in the past they could not get past that. I mean, Culpepper last year gets hurt, uh, and that just devastated K-State. They were not able to overcome that until he returned, and then we saw the team that they could be. Um, so this year you feel a little bit better about that, is that they've got options, you know, both on the mound and at the plate. You mentioned the two, uh, you know, household names amongst K-State fans. We'll start with Tyson Neighbors. Uh, he has the potential to be one of the more decorated players of all time. Uh, preseason All-American honors last year, All-American. Uh, probably one of the highest rated bullpen guys in all of college baseball. What makes this All-American so special? Well, it's the fact that he's got four to five pitches that he can all throw that are all elite level. You know, now, now we're getting into the the hard uh, data analytics of baseball, right? But you hear a lot about spin rates and you hear a lot about break and how much rise does the pitch have or break does it have? And then how much spin rate does it have? And and he is the, according to track band and all these different things that they have that all the pro scouts want to take a look at his revolutions, you know, on a fastball on us, on his breaking pitches are all major league level. And and then you add into that the velocity and the ability for him to to disguise arm slot and where those pitches are coming from. And then you add on to that his personality, his demeanor, and his maturity, which is the big thing for me that I think that has really taken a step forward under uh, Pete Hughes and Rudy Darrow here from when he arrived on campus to now. He has channeled that football aggression and football body that he has into – a guy that is a bulldog closer that can go pitch for you three to four times a week. Um, And he's the closest to major league ready right now of anybody on K-State's team. Um, He obviously will have a a long way to go to get there, but um, he is, he is absolutely well-deserving of everything he's got to this point. Um, And it's just, it's funny to hear him talk now about how bad he was as a freshman. I don't know that he was bad, he just wasn't ready yet. It just took him a minute. And, um, you know, it, it's fine. Not everybody's going to come into college athletics and set the world on fire. And I think that's we've we've gotten away from that in this modern day and age with the portal and the NIL and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes you need a, a minute to kind of get adjusted to school and life and, and mature and grow up. And Tyson Neighbors now has grown up. He's a man and he's going to be the man uh, in the Big 12 Conference, I think, on the mound, no doubt. Preseason pitcher of the year in the league, and I, I um, he should win it. Uh, he's, without question, the most valuable weapon on the mound in the conference. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. How is the staff and Pete Hughes going to, you know, weigh that out? Hey, he, he is so dominant when he gets out there. He's shown the ability to go three innings. Uh, I think a couple outings, maybe even four innings when the team needs them. Balance that with saying, hey, you know, if you need him on a Friday, you probably need to keep it to inning inning plus because uh, you might need him again later that weekend. How, how does the staff balance that elite level talent and him being a bullpen guy? It's a good question because it will be interesting to see how that's used. Um, for example, this weekend when you're playing a tournament, do you, do you chase a win? If you're in the position to win, do you pitch him two innings on a Friday knowing that you're probably not going to get him on a Saturday and then maybe only an inning on a Sunday? You don't want to wear the guy out. Um, it's a great point. Um, you know, Do you burn him up when it's close or do you burn him up only when you have a lead? You don't want to go through a whole weekend without using him. It'll be very interesting to see where that line is for him. And because he's the guy that he just goes and throws and he doesn't worry about any of that stuff. He trusts his coaches to protect him. Uh, I think they are always mindful of his arm and making sure that, you know, they're putting him in the best position to succeed, not just for K State, but for life. So it'll be curious to see. I think that's where. K-State's made a little bit of a difference this year than last year. Last year, they were much more reliant on him needing to go three innings or two innings to get a save. They just didn't have the arms, the reliability in the bullpen to bridge the gap from starters who were good enough to get you five or six and then get it to neighbors in the eighth or the ninth. Now they seem to have added some pieces where you've got side armors that are both left and right side, two or three different arm angles, and guys that are really experienced back in a bullpen guys that can help bridge that gap to Tyson neighbors and maybe take a little bit of the load off. So now, okay, now you're using him one inning three or four different times a week. That's a whole lot better than having to burn him up, as you said, like two or three innings at a time, which they had to do last year. Final thing on neighbors, and this is just something that popped into my head, uh, has it been discussed, or do you know if this would be something they'd be open to if on a Sunday, hey, they're staring down the you know barrel of maybe not getting a win or maybe one of the games were such a blowout he didn't have to go and using him as an opener on Sunday, or is that intimidation factor? Hey, here comes neighbors, and you know that you may not score again this game. Is that just too valuable late in the game? I don't know about the openers stuff. I mean, I don't know how much um, K-State would lean into that far of an analytic. Nothing's out of the out, uh, out of the realm of possibility, especially when you get to postseason, right? I mean, in a regional, in, a, in the Big 12 tournament, sometimes you get put behind the eight balls. You try to win through the backside of a bracket, and you're it's all hands on deck. So uh, neighbor Tyson is good enough to start, period. Um, you know, what that's where he's projected in Major League Baseball. I don't know. That's not your question. But in thinking about it, you're a five pitch guy. You throw as well as he does. He certainly has the stuff to be a starting pitcher. I, I think that if you got to it on a Sunday like you're talking about, I think Casey would be more comfortable with finding another guy to go one time through the batting order, somebody else one time through the order and then give it to neighbors to finish the last four of a game and nail down a series. I think they would be more just thinking about that possibility, that's probably more of what they would do with him. Um, just because you don't want to, let's say you only use him as an opener, and then now all of a sudden you don't have that weapon anymore. But um, to try and finish it out, as opposed to, like you said, it's an intimidation factor. But it works both ways. I mean, Tyson's not invincible. He's going to give up some runs. 
Uh, it's part of it. Uh, but he's he's more times than not, he's going to get you. The other name is Kalen Culpepper, and I believe you're the one who coined the phrase the most underrated player in college baseball. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. You know, he, he's up for preseason honors, including with neighbors up for the Golden Spike watch list. Uh, he was in the Cape Cod League. He was playing with Team USA this summer. He's not going to be able to sneak up on anyone. But what is, what is it for someone who hasn't watched a lot of K-State baseball and they're tuning in this year? What is it that he brings to this team that is so valuable to the squad? He is – I love this kid. Um, I mean, from day one, he just has this air about him. When you see him, he's just it, man. He's a badass. I don't know how else to put it. He, he is. He's just a badass. I, I don't know anybody – in baseball terms, there are certain guys that just have it. They just have this swagger factor. They just – you know, they carry themselves. They are not cocky, but they know they're good. They know that they're good, and they know they're going to be great. And Kalen is that way. He's not a gregarious guy. He's not the most, uh, you know, he's going to be out there talking and, and doing all sorts of flashy things. He does do some of that stuff. Like, he'll bat flip every now and then. or, But it's usually because he just did something amazing. So, but he's just so good. He's so smooth. He's He's got incredible reflexes. He is unquestionably the best third baseman I have ever seen um, in person. And now he's moving back to his normal spot at shortstop. I think K-State feels pretty good about who they have at third base coming in. Uh, he's a transfer from uh, Southern New Hampshire University, which I only thought was an online school. So that's on me. I always saw the commercials and I and I didn't even know that they had baseball. It was, uh, it was a lesson for me to learn. But Daniel Rivera is a transfer. He's from Connecticut. He was a national champion at Southern New Hampshire University, an All-American there. Smaller level, jumping up, but so far and watching him, he's very good at third base. He's not Kalen Culpepper good. I mean, that's a whole other level, but he's sufficient. And the left side of the infield is the strength for K-State, no doubt, with those two guys, both at the plate and in the, on the field. And, and Culpepper, he's just he's so smooth. The ceiling is so big for this guy. Um, another guy that's projected in the first round in the in, in the major league draft when it comes around, and he will go. I'm telling you, they, they do not grow guys like this on trees. He's so very good, and the sky is the limit for him. I, I love to hear it. Before we keep going, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. If you want to be the best-looking fan out at Toynton Family Stadium this, I guess, winter, because, you know, we got a, got some home games in February coming up, uh, and this spring, make sure you're checking out charliehustle.com. Uh, I'm not kidding with you guys. Just this morning, I ordered the script K-State baseball raglan tee uh, for some of those great weather games for when the sun gets out. But you guys know I have a full collection of crew necks and hoodies for those ch chillier games earlier in the season. So check out charliehustle.com. You'll be the best looking for, uh, fan for first pitch all the way through the college world series this year. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. All right, so we have those two superstars um, let's talk pitching real quick. What are we looking at Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters? I, I, I believe we have at least one guy back, um, in the starting rotation. Uh, are those three spots, you know, nailed down or what should we expect from the starters? Well, Fridays for sure are, are nailed down. That's Owen Borama. He, he returns. He had a COVID year left, um, opted to use it. It wasn't, in fact, that's one of the guys that, was ready to start life. He's he got married. He looks like he was, you know, 
really wasn't going to give minor league baseball much of a shot, was going to give it a cursory shot, wasn't being talked much for the draft and didn't get drafted. Uh, and then decided he was going to come back. He's a big kid, 6'5", nearly 230, left-hander, was just fantastic down the stretch for K-State, second-team all-Big 12 guy. He's just a bulldog on the mound in the sense that he just he'll go get you five or six every single start, and he's going to be in the mix. And I think he's better than people think. He's improved. Um, he's got a great, great changeup. It's not Jordan Wicks good, but it's pretty close. His fastball is going to sit right there at around ninety to ninety-one. So, like Owen Borma, it's a good fit for K State on the on its experience. You can't replace that. And then Ty Rule was kind of a long reliever until the end of the year. They moved him into the starting rotation late, and he had a great finish. Was outstanding in the Big 12 tournament in the championships uh, series down there in, in Arlington. And so he's probably going to be the Saturday guy. He's an Omaha, Nebraska kid. He's been with the program now a couple of years. He's a redshirt sophomore. So he'll be draft eligible at the end of the year, but um, tremendous stuff. Another guy that's a four pitch mix guy that really you know a former um three sports star in high school and and a guy that could have played both position and pitched uh so he'll be another guy that'll go and is, is locked up a, a rotation spot and then the sunday spot a spot i think is gonna still be up for grabs i think they've talked between jacob frost he's a a, a new kid he's out of wabash valley college a transfer into k-state and then Jackson Wentworth, who was on the team last year and was a couple of years ago one of the highly touted recruits for K-State, but he had Tommy John surgery, missed all of 2022, pitched a little bit last year, struggled with command, just couldn't get ever to the field, but he's got the stuff. He's got a four-pitch mix, and he's a, a fastball that's in the mid-90s. Uh, you know, he's a kid out of Iowa, so I, he's had a tremendous ball in spring, really pitched well. They're very excited for him to to maybe turn a corner, and we'll see. I, you know, I, whether he starts against Arizona State on Wednesday, or he gets the Sunday game against Georgetown, will be up in the air. Uh, I would imagine Frost would get the other, but those are the guys right now that are being mentioned as as in the mix as starters. There's a couple of others that could work their way in, but this is where the depth of K State comes into play, where you you feel good about. If that's where they run with four guys, that's a really good, solid start. And then there's a couple of other guys that are experienced, like Mason Buss, Cole Wisenbaker, uh, a new guy named Blake Dean that could be in the mix, Andrew Evans, who pitched last year for this team, um, all could be a part of it. Adam Arthur is a left-hander that's uh, uh, a, a real treat to talk to. He's a kind of a character, your prototypical left-hander from California that's got sort of big ideas that you're just like, what? What are you talking about? So you're uh, saying I JJ need to try Slack to get him on is the a, show. a guy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> JJ Slack is a guy that's out of Texas, uh, a super senior transfer from a lower level, but wears number 99 uh, is up there on the mound for the left side. So he's going to bring it. So they've got options. That's the best part about this team. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love it. All right, let's move back into the field. 
Uh, we talked about how the left side of the infield, shortstop, third base, uh, you think that's going to be a big plus both uh, fielding and on defense. What's the right side looking like? What's what's the outfield going to look like? Kind of walk us through uh, any possible position battles or guys we need to be keeping our eye on uh, early on in the season. Uh, one of the more underrated guys for K-State is Brady Day. Brady Day is the returning second baseman. He had a breakout year last year. Audible mention all Big 12, led K-State hitting 356 and was a 12th-round draft choice by the Atlanta Braves. And usually you get taken in the top 15 rounds. Uh, you're certainly – it's rare to come back to school, period. It's very rare to come back to school at a place like K-State historically. And that, and nothing against K-State. It just means that normally that you're not coming back to chase a College World Series berth, right? Most guys, if they come back, it's, hey, I'm going to better my draft position, my slot, or I'm chasing postseason. And then in this case, Brady Day saw both opportunities there for him. So he will be back. Uh, he's out of New Hampshire. He's reshaped his body the last couple of years. He's a fantastic player uh, and really started his career as utility. Now it's locked down second base, and so he'll be there and expect him to be, again, near batting second, third, right there for K-State in that, in that part of the order. First base will likely be David Bishop. He's a junior transfer from TCU. He's a former member of the Big 12 freshman team a couple of years ago for a Horn Frogs team that went deep into the postseason. Uh, transferred out of there uh, after being in a reserve role last year and has had a pretty good fall, so he'll be at first. He'll probably switch that and, and rotate there every now and then. He's a right-handed bat, but you can see Kai and Lotus maybe get back over there at first a little bit. Uh, Mason Schwalbach is another big bat that they've added that could play some first. Uh, Lotus will most likely be in the outfield to start, uh, probably in right field. And then in center field, Brendan Jones is a returning star. He was honorable mention all Big 12 a year ago, speedster um, that really came on. He's also out of Tennessee, just like uh, Culpepper. Uh, played very well, stole uh, 28 bases last year, was second in the league in that, in that, with that number, and, and has gotten bigger and stronger in the offseason, now up near 180 pounds out of center field. Plays great center field. And then one of the big bats that K-State added was a senior transfer in Chuck Ingram. The Wichita State product who, who came to K-State after Wichita State had some turnover with their staff. And he's a Kansas City kid that was really good friends with Nick Goodwin and heard nothing but good things about the program and said K-State was very high on his list, wish list, and they were mutually interested. So Ingram will, again, be in that cleanup spot or batting third right in that top of the order, and he'll be in left field every day. Uh, and you're talking about a guy that was a career 320 hitter, hit nearly 30 bombs, in his lifetime there at, Ch at the Wichita State, drove over 100 runs, uh, two-time first-team all-conference for the Americans. So. And then behind the plate will be Rafael Pelletier, um, who added about 15 more pounds. I think that was one of the big things for him this offseason was to try and bulk up a little bit so he could catch every day and not wear down. And he led the, the Big 12 and was among the best in the country in throwing out runners last year. He threw out 16 runners uh, gunning people down. He is such a weapon behind the plate. Um, I think the only spots that are left up for grabs, maybe right field on a day-to-day -day basis, they could rotate Lotus with some other people. And then backup catcher is a good spot, the DH spot, backup catcher, whoever wins that. Jaden Lobliner has been great, but uh, I know they really like the freshman um, uh, Goodwin that has come in, or Nick English, I'm sorry, that has come in and has played very well out of Olathe, out of Olathe South. Um, and then you got Caden Phillips, who's with the team 
a year ago has had a good spring. So they've got some depth behind the plate. All those guys last year were phenomenal and and showed off great arms. I think that's a weapon for K-State this year is being able to, to throw out runners, and that'll be no different, uh, control the running game. So uh, I'm excited. This is one of the rare years you go into a season and almost every position is pretty much locked up. There, there are not really – any sort of uh, position battles that you would go and boy, I don't know, maybe if this pans out, maybe not. But it also means a lot of scouting reports are out there on these guys. So that's the next step is being able to overcome scouting reports and, and be able to make adjustments. You briefly touched on it, but I had one bonehead specifically wanting me to ask about what the plan was at DH this year. Uh, it se- seems like there, there's a few names that have some bats uh, that, that might be able to fit in there. Uh, is it going to be an everyday thing? Is it going to be a little bit of a platoon depending on the opponent's starting pitcher? How do you see that playing out throughout the year? Based on Pete Hughes's record, I would say it would be a platoon based on the pitcher. Um, you know, they'll go left. They'll Mac, They'll try and switch uh, hands, right? If it's a lefty on the mound, they'll go with a righty there. And and they it may even change the lineup a little bit based on, hey, this guy's more of a power guy. We're going to insert him in the lower half of the lineup or we may they may input uh, you know someone that's a little bit more speedy that can get on base and, and put him at the top. There's a young man named Rohan Putz that's a, a, from Bishop Miege. It's had a pretty good spring to this point, but it's a, another guy that's really a lot of wheels that they could put in and bring in as a pinch runner. you got Orlando Salinas, who is uh, in his final year um, as a utility guy behind them. And, and, you know, they got some length with some of the guys in the outfield, Caden Quick, uh, Caden Carl and uh, Carson Quick last year, both uh, were on the team. Carl redshirted Quick, played a little bit last season and has been going through an injury this spring, but um, be another guy that could contribute for them. So they've they've got some guys that they could bring in and off the bench and it rotated that D8 spot. I think it would be, to answer the question, more of a platoon, just based on what we've seen from Pete Hughes in the past. Definitely. Before we get into the final four pack of questions, are there any other storylines that fa- fans should be watching out for? Any, any other guys that you didn't get to mention that, hey, I want to make sure I get this in there? Just anything else that the the bonehead should be keeping an eye out for this uh, for this season? Well, I think one of the things that has not been mentioned enough is that while this is year six for Pete Hughes, it's really only the second year that he has the staff that he really wanted from the get-go. Rudy Darrow is the pitching coach for K-State, and he tried to hire him when he was hired at K-State, but the timing wasn't right. Rudy had some family obligations to take care of, and so it, it didn't work out until just recently here the last few years. And being around Coach Darrow, Coach Waits is awesome. Austin Waits is the hitting coach for K-State. He's in his sixth year, played for Pete at Virginia Tech, was an All-American, and uh, went on for a uh, pro ball for quite a while. Um, he's a fantastic hitting coach and offensive mind. And Rudy Darrow, we were blessed to have who we had as a pitching coach for the first few years under Pete and now uh, have taken even a better step forward, I feel, with Rudy Darrow. He is a great fit for the Wildcat program. And every guy you talk to, as far as a pitcher on the staff, raves about Rudy Darrow, just through his his attitude, who he is as a man, he reminds you of all the things you hear about of the other coaches around K-State, around football and men's basketball. Just a great individual integrity and knows the game, knows how to get the most out of each guy. And it seems like being around this staff, they genuinely have a cohesive plan of what they want to do every game, 
how they scout teams and how they develop and how they recruit. And that when you have everybody on the same page as a staff like that, you can do some pretty special stuff. So I, I wouldn't want to have a conversation about K-State baseball without mentioning that. I think this staff is one of the best that K-State's ever had, ever, then uh, from top to bottom. Um, and that's saying something considering the amount of guys that have gone on to coach uh, at all of K-State staff in years past under Brad Hill, who himself was a fantastic coach. Well, that's why I'm the best question asker in the world. I was able to get that in there without even knowing what to ask. Uh, before we get into the final four packet questions, they are brought to you by Manhattan Brewing Company, not only the best brewery in the state of Kansas, but they're also putting on great events. Now, we have all sorts of stuff going on tonight as you guys are listening tomorrow. And of course, before every home K-State baseball game, stop by, get a couple pints, get a couple four packs to drink before you go into the game. Uh, because you know what? I didn't make the uh, licensing and concession contracts. Otherwise, you'd be able to have them inside the stadium. But Manhattan Brewing Company, they have the uh, bar tonight at the Wareham for fan favorite Fridays. Uh, they're showing when Harry met Sally. They'll have beers. They'll have their special punch that they have for every uh, fan f- favorite Friday at the Wareham. Also Saturday after the K-State women's basketball game, Head over there for their anti-Valentine's Day party in the alley behind the brewery on Saturday. Of course, hit them up in between the split doubleheader, men at 11, and I believe the women at 4 o'clock. And then always have the K-State app on on your phone so you can hear Brian calling all three or all four games out in Arizona. I believe what the first game's on MLB Network, the other two on MLB.com and then on Pac-12 Network. But always mute that and make sure you're listening to Brian on the call for radio. I think I have that right. You got it right. Okay, perfect. Let's get into the four-pack. The first one, what is the best ballpark snack? Ooh, ballpark snack. Um, So... This is two things. First of all, I try, I don't try to eat. Matt Walters, who does the games with me on radio, um, is notoriously eating things that are not good. Like he, he eats the worst food at all the ballparks and on road trips that of any human I've ever been around. Uh, it's, it's amazing the stuff that he finds at gas stations and other places to eat that is just, you're like, you're putting this in your body. I don't understand. And then you complain about a gut ache. A little bit later, which is a par and cuss. like the like the pickles that are inside the the plastic um, packaging with all the juice, like the Tijuana Mamas and stuff like that. He eats those. I mean, it's just you're like, why? You're just increasing your chances of death. But I will, um, I will. So I don't eat that stuff. So I'm more of a, a healthier eater. But pretzels for me, I will eat pretzels and like a, a banana, whatever. If I'm before a game, I'll try and do that. But my weakness is uh, a Pepsi or a Coke during the game. And I have tried very hard to break that habit. But um, so when it comes to ballpark snacks, I usually, I feel much better if I have um, a hot dog and a soda and then man be able to watch a game. Or if I'm doing a game, I have the soda. But I'm going to try my best this year to cut back on that. Well, I my my I, I'm not going to eat that stuff out of a gas station, but I imagine my diet's a little bit closer to Chili Dog Matt Walters than you you. Uh, but but I'll ask this: This wasn't one of the four questions, but you mentioned a hot dog. If you're just watching the game, you're at the ballpark, or, or even if you're at home, if if you were dressing your perfect hot dog, what is going on? It 
Uh, mustard for sure. That's it. Um, I'm a mustard guy. Get the ketchup out of here. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I have no ketchup. Absolutely not. I, I have been known to put barbecue sauce on a hot dog before um, in place of mustard, but I'm a mustard guy. I may do relish from time to time, but uh, mustard and dog, that's it. I love it. All right, the second question of the four-pack. If you were playing baseball today, what would your walk-up song be? Oh, man. Oh, man, such a great question. I got You know what? The funny part about this is that I'll listen to music and I will always think to myself, this is a great walk-up song. Like, It'll only be like a certain part of a song that I'll think, man, that song I would absolutely love to have as a walk-up song. I would be, it would be such a banger. Um, I, now I can't remember the title of the song, but it, it's, it's uh, Mac Powell was part of the third day is the name of the group. And they had a, uh, a song here a couple of years ago that had just this incredible um, guitar riff right at the beginning and, and the bass drop and all that stuff. And I was like, that, that would be my walk-up song if I had it. So it's something by third day, um, probably from the nineties and everybody'd be like, what is that? And it's like, what are, it's so old, such a lame song, but um, it would be, it would certainly get me fired up. All right. So when I was a student at K-State, which also coincided with the best uh, run of K-State baseball. So maybe I need to come back and be a student. And then also out at the K, my two favorite were Friday night games and Sunday day games. So if you could only choose one, a Friday night game or a Sunday day game, which one are you choosing? I'm always going with a Friday night game. And the reason why is that um, now that I have no hair on top, which has been that way for a while, um, Sunday day games, you get a little, it's a little roasted up top. If you're, if you're sitting at the ballpark. So I love Friday night games. I love the excitement of setting the tone for a series. There's nothing better than a Friday night road win. That is the ultimate, that is the ultimate thing as a, as a baseball team. When you go on the road Friday and everybody's jumped up and you got their ace and you got your ace and you go out there and take it from them and take their soul from them with the win there is nothing better. You're just flying high already for the next two days because all you got to do is win one of the next two and you've done, you've stolen something away from them. Um, so that's the fun part about baseball is that you get the college sort of emotion because baseball itself, as we said before, it's very hard to maintain emotion for as long as you can, but you get the college emotion enough in these weekend series, especially in the Big 12 that um, each game becomes like that. And it feels like that, especially at Toynton Family Stadium when it's packed out. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it feels like we have an early spring this year. It feels like we're going to have an early spring with warmer temperatures. We jinxed I'm it. hoping we're gonna that have means we get a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people out there. I hope so. Yeah. I, I think we, I think you just jinxed it. We're going to have a blizzard in March now. So. <laughs> Cause I, I said something. Well, it can't I, be any worse. Listen, I, even if I did jinx it, we, we, we have been playing in snow and dodging snowstorms the last couple of springs, so it can't be any worse than that. I mean, if it is that, then it is. It's the same as it's always been, right? We'll just hope to be surprised. Yeah, I, I think I said something during football preview stuff where, like, we had a week that was only in the 80s. I was like, I think maybe we're, we're done with the 90s and 100, and I think, like, 10 straight days is above 90, so – uh, I won't, I won't think about it. Final question, very on brand for our show. The bat cats have some great uniforms. They've had some amazing ones in the past as well. If you had to lock down your favorite this year 
And if you want to throw, you know, an honorable mention for a pass uniform that's out of the rotation, you can do that because you're my best friend. What is the best uniform for this year? Oh boy, this year I'm. I mean, there's nothing beats the cats. Um, the uniform that they have, the cat script. I like that one. That's a good one that they have. Um, I don't, I think they are, I think we have a wildcat script one this year. I could be wrong, but I think we've in, uh, have a wildcat script one for baseball. And if that's the case, that will be a fan favorite for sure. Um, I, I love the pinstripe purple that they've had in the past or the pins. It's white with purple pinstripes that they've had in the past. And, um, but part of me, and I'm going to go back to what I said before about a Friday game, I'm partial to the grays because those are road uniforms. And again, it's you against the world and just going on the road, especially like at the end of last year, like you just didn't want it to end. It, it, they were playing so well down the stretch and it was just a, a, you, us, us little case state against the world. Everybody's got your, you got your road uniforms every game, right? And you're just Wash them, and you're right back out there with the same uniform, and you're beating people, and you're beating people, and you're feeling like you don't want it to end. You just want to keep it going. And uh, so when I see those grades, that's what I think back of. I think back to all those uh, – listen, K-State's made the semifinals three years in a row in the Big 12 championship. Um, so I think of a lot of fun in Arlington. I think of a lot of road wins that we had last year in California against UCI. Um, yeah, so I'll say the grades are usually – the one that get me going just because I see them and I'm thinking of all the great road ones we've had in the past. And that's usually when I'm doing radio um, as opposed, but there's been some good ones uh, obviously and some great memories and hopefully we get to add a couple more at Toynton this year. Well, that's all I have as always. I'll let you address the boneheads or any other K-State fans who have found this episode. Uh, tell them anything you'd like. Well, there's a lot of promotions that are coming for K-State baseball this year. You want to obviously check that out through K-State sports.com we've got sunday four packs Wildcat weekends there's a couple of weekends where we double up with basketball it's only five bucks you bring your baseball or basketball ticket over to the baseball game there'll be a throwback day this year bark in the park is april 20th we'll have a may the fourth be with you against ku uh, with star wars day and um, a whiteout against texas as well big-time weekend series this year for k-state at home texas oklahoma state kansas Cincinnati, uh, who's coming in for the first time, BYU at the end of the season, and some uh, nearby road trips you can head to. Oklahoma for the final time down in Norman. That's a quick drive. Of course, they're playing Missouri State over at Missouri State, Wichita State, Nebraska. Uh, hopefully we get a lot of fans traveling and watching this team. It, listen, it's I, I get it. You can't make every game, but try and make it out when you can. It's a great environment. It's, it's fun at the ballpark. There's great stuff for the kids. You got beer being sold there for the grown-ups, for dad, and for mom and whoever else. Um, so come join us, enjoy the fun at K-State this year. You're gonna really, you will not be disappointed. And uh, as always, a curveball that just came across uh, Twitter. Uh, while she's gonna do her final year at Oregon, Mackenzie Morris becomes the first ever Big 12 volleyball player to uh, earn back-to-back scholar athlete of the year awards um so shout out to Mackenzie morris uh up at oregon now but hey i i figured i might as well mention history right as it comes across my phone so shout out to Mackenzie morris as well. hey no absolutely absolutely right, well, absolutely i just taped in fact just taped an interview with jason mansfield today by the way that'll will go out uh a little bit later on kstatesports.com talking about volleyball they're pretty excited 
Well, I, I mean, I, I've already started thinking about the uh, – I always have you on for Blitz Month where we we get your football predictions because uh, ever since you became the first one to mention Deuce Vaughn, I, I have to get all your big-time predictions. Uh, but I already <laughs> know the questions I'm going to ask about volleyball. I know the questions I'm going to already ask about soccer. So uh, we're going to have a fun end to women's basketball and a great baseball season before we get there. But I'm excited for volleyball as well, even, what, uh, six months out from the opener? I mean, it's a great time to be a Wildcat, my friend. It is. It is. And I, I'm just enjoying the ride right now. Hopefully we, as you said, get a great finish here with hoops and looking forward to some baseball this weekend, the sun and fun in Arizona, then get things rolling February 23rd at home against Holy Cross. So hopefully and look right now, the long-term forecast shows good weather. Well, folks, if you're in the Manhattan area, no excuses, show up. And if you see Brian, tell him that you're a bonehead. And then uh, shoot me a text and I might I might I might give you a sticker, a koozie, something. But that's all we have. I'm going to let Brian get ready to get out to Arizona. So for the voice of the Wildcats, the hardest working man in college athletics, Brian Smoller for my dog, Chauncey, the best dog in the world. My name's Scott McFarland. We love you guys and go Cats. Hail to the purple. Hail to the Wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea. Onward forever, hail victory. Fight, UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be a fighting ever fighting for a wildcat victory fight 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 you taste it wildcats for alma mater fight 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 glory in the combat
Social Podcast Network.